What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's August 5, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 95. In this episode, I'll talk about how you can improve your squat. So as we age, we tend to lose the ability to get into a deep squat. So I'll talk about how you can improve your own squat depth, or at least how to get started performing a good looking squat in general. In the second topic, I'll talk about how you can increase your grip strength for deadlifts. There, I'll just talk about certain exercises you can do to improve your grip strength since it might be a limiting factor as your deadlifts go up in weight. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon. And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the best ways to start your fitness journey is actually not to plan on lifting or to work out every single day. I know, a little hard to believe. For most people, resistance training, which is working out, lifting weights. For most people, one to three days of lifting per week is where you should start. This might be a tough one for some people to hear, especially the younger people out there, because I constantly see them on social media praising people who work out super hard every day. And I've been through that phase, and I know that's not the most viable way for most people. If you're someone who doesn't work out at all right now, then this is ideal, working out two or three times a week because you're able to get a good balance in your life. If you currently work out zero days a week, it would be unreasonable to tell you to work out every single day of the week. However, when you're highly motivated to start going to the gym, you might tell yourself or you tell your new trainer that you just want to work out every day. I've seen it time and time again over the years. You kind of just learn this stuff as you gain more and more experience as a personal trainer. So this is why working out two or three days a week is more of a sustainable, scheduled way to start get uh, start to get into shape. It becomes a bit easier, or it's less of a hurdle to work out two or three times per week, as opposed to basically changing your whole life to make room for an hour or more workout every day. And for some people, maybe even just working out once per week is where you need to start if you're someone who in the past has started to get into working out and then fell off again. Think about a schedule where you can keep up or think about a schedule that you can keep up for the rest of your life. Do you really think you're able to work out five to seven times a week for the rest of your life? For most people, in my experience, probably not. But one or two or maybe even three times per week, that could be something you're able to make time for. It just depends on the individual, really. Now, can you make progress working out once or twice per week? I get that a lot. Yes, (laughs) of course you can, as long as you're doing the right thing. Working out every day barely even gives your body time to recover those muscles, but if you're working out twice or even three times a week, you can usually work out with a day in between, so that'll give you a proper amount of recovery time. You won't be working out a super sore muscle the next day, at least that's the idea here. 
Now, when you first start lifting weights, it's normal to feel a little bit of muscle soreness, but that'll go away after a few sessions or a few weeks as your body slowly gets adapted to this new stimulus you're putting on your body, which is your training and the small little damages that you do to your muscles, which is necessary to get them to grow stronger and build bigger than they were before. So if you're planning on lifting one to three times per week, what's the best way to approach this in terms of programming? You already know what I'm going to say. Full body routines, of course. One, two, or three times per week should still give you enough recovery time in between those sessions, and you're hitting each muscle group enough throughout the week if you properly program your workouts. If you're doing a body part split, it doesn't really make sense in this scenario because that likely means you're missing body parts during the week or only doing something like chest or legs or back once per week, which probably won't be enough adequate volume for you to make significant progress after a while. And it's definitely not enough uh, work for you to improve in the technique of your exercises. Over the long run, full body routines are going to be better. You're working out your whole body a few times per week. You only need to do about two to four sets of each muscle group. So you don't need to hammer your legs until you can't walk anymore or throw up during a workout. That's just completely unnecessary. Scale up volume over time and make sure you're tracking your strength progress because that's a really good sign that you're on the right path in terms of muscle building and burning fat. I mean, even besides those points, working out has been shown to improve your mental health, your posture, bone density, self-esteem, which is a huge one. There's many other benefits besides getting six-pack abs and getting big biceps and all of that. That being said, let's get into what I did for the past week. I took my own advice and lifted only three times this past week, and that's because I went on vacation to California. I was in San Francisco, so I'll sum that up pretty quickly. I'll try not to talk about this for too long because I could probably go on and on about everything I did. It was a busy week, actually. I only had a few things on my to-do list. The first thing was to get a hat. So I planned on playing golf sometime during the week, so I had to do that. Our first stop straight from the airport was to this outlet, and there was a Nike store there got this dope bucket hat at the outlet. It was like $40 though, so that definitely wasn't on sale. I had sushi for dinner that night, which was pretty good. The second day I was there, I ended up working out at this Planet Fitness, which was about 15 minutes away. I actually ended up working out at two different uh, Planet Fitness locations in the area by the end of the trip. And I also went to Crunch Fitness in this place called Daily City, which is like 80% Filipino, so kind of felt at home there. I ended up hitting some deadlifts that day and squats and a shitload of calf raises since I hit the beach later that day. Okay, backtracking though, that first day, went to Planet Fitness, had a pretty good workout, had some McDonald's breakfast afterwards, then took a little trip to the physical Viore store. My first time going to one, it was pretty cool. I felt like a kid at a candy store for sure. <laughs> I almost ended up spending like $300 there, but I had to be reasonable. So I just bought two shorts instead, which was still over $100, but I don't care. They're nice. I don't usually shop in stores. The store itself was pretty small. It was just like one of those pop-up stores. I ended up going there actually three times <laughs> by the end of the week. So yeah, that was my most visited place, the Viore store. I also went to Dick's Sporting Goods later that day because I found a tea time the next morning. I ended up buying some golf balls, 
another hat, and golf gloves. I know, I'm so extra, seriously. My first trip to the golf course was this place called Crystal Springs. Absolutely the nicest golf course I've ever been to. I ended up playing at 6 a.m., and I was paired with these two regulars at the course, and they play every day, Monday to Friday at 6 a.m., which is just nuts. And it was a great time. I didn't shoot particularly great out there, but I got to see some amazing views, just so much green and nature and deer. And there was this one hole I have to mention. It had to be around like 15 turkeys. They just came running down this hill towards us. And one of the guys I was paired with, shout out to Bruce, he had this bird seed with him and he actually feeds them every day. It was so cool. It was like they were conditioned. They came running from so far away. It was like a mini stampede. So yeah, that was a great morning. After that, that's when I had Chick-fil-A. Uh, this time, the sandwich didn't blow me away, but that might have been because I had two In-N-Out burgers the day or the night before. See, man, enjoying vacation, not trying to restrict myself from trying new foods. Hell no. I also had Krispy Kreme, and I think they tasted slightly better than in Canada, but I think that was maybe because it seemed more sugary, even though it wasn't fresh. They were more expensive, though, which was the down part about all that. I think that night we just hung out at the house, had some ice cream, and we watched Doctor Strange that night, I believe. The next day, the next morning, me and my cousin went to the golf course. We just did a quick par 3, 9-hole course. It took about an hour, so it was really fast. We did a lot of walking that day. We went to Lombard Street, Fisherman's Wharf. We went to see the Golden Gate Bridge, which was cool. I was talking to some guy there who was giving away these free meditation books, so I had to get one. Um, what else did we do? We went on a hike at Mirror Woods. It wasn't really a hike, but I got to see some big-ass redwood trees, man. They were there for like thousands of years. It was pretty cool. I think that was also the day we had Shake Shack, which was, I mean, that was amazing. The milkshake was super good. had the strawberry flavor. And then, oh yeah, we went to Krispy Kreme again. <laughs> in hopes to get another dozen donuts and they were out of original glazed donuts that's unbelievable never seen that before i'm just reading all of this out of my journal so i'm just listing off most of the things that we did so what else um i guess i'll talk about oh we went to a baseball game during the week the hometown san francisco giants versus the cubs Another day of eating out there, had some pizza at Oracle Park. It was bomb. I think it was like Tony's Pizza or something. The Giants won. I was super into the game. That's actually the first baseball stadium I've been in besides the Rogers Center or the Sky Dome, whatever we have in Toronto. So it was pretty cool to see that, I mean, that stadium in person. I just remember during the whole Barry Bond steroids era, he was just hitting these huge home runs to right field, like out of the stadium into the water there. They call it McCovey Cove. Oh, I forgot to say. So before the game, we went to Santa Cruz Beach. So I got to touch the Pacific Ocean, which was, I mean, super cold, super cold. I had some churros over there. We also quickly stopped by the Apple Campus, which is just beautiful in its own right with the architecture and the materials they used, even for something like the stairs and the size and the quality of those glass panels they use. Man, I was just putting my fingerprints on everything there. <laughs> and my last day, I had a quesadilla at this small little spot, but it was, I mean, it was also good. I had mod pizza, which I haven't had in years. 
you get to make your own pizza, unlimited toppings. So yeah, went a bit crazy there. That was our post-workout meal after working out at Fitness SF on my last night, which was a pretty dope gym. Pretty cool place, man. It was awesome over there. I'm hoping to go back within the next calendar year. It was really good to finally visit my cousin after all these years. I was supposed to go a few years ago, but COVID ruined that. So with all of that being said, did I sacrifice good food or eating out while I was on vacation to maintain my physique? I mean, you just heard what I ate, so not even in the slightest. And I just want to let you know that it's okay. We all have ups and downs when it comes to our own health and fitness and whatever physique we have. There's more important things in life than being shredded all year round. So yeah, I enjoyed having good food with good company. That's my family. I'm not going to deprive myself of those foods from time to time because I know when I'm back home, I rarely eat out, so I got to enjoy whatever I wanted while I was away. Now that I have been back for the past week, all I had to do was get back on track with my own meals, and everything settled down a few days ago in terms of weight and water that I was carrying on my body. There's no need to be super strict when it comes to being on vacation or when it comes to eating on vacation. This is exactly why going into the vacation, like the weeks leading up to it, I didn't just starve myself of calories to lose a quick 5 to 10 pounds or something and do a bunch of cardio so that I'd look amazing at the beach. Going into the vacation or whatever it may be, it's usually just a good idea to eat generally the same amount and make sure you're lifting weights consistently. Don't be so concerned about a little bit of a weight gain over a weekend getaway or whatever it is. Once you get back to your regular day-to-day life, your weight will go back down, back to normal. Whatever weight you gain during your mini break, that won't just all instantly turn into body fat. It just doesn't work that way. At the same time, you can restrict yourself a little bit if you really want to, but just don't obsess about it too much to the point where it affects people around you. Have fun sometimes, but when you get back to your regular lifestyle, prep those meals, choose good lean proteins, have your vegetables, and everything's going to be alright. There's no need to stress about a 5-10 to pound weight increase from a vacation. Question 1. I can't squat to parallel, let alone below that, or even to my heels. Should I squat at all or just do mobility work? What are some good exercises to help with this? I have a bunch of experience with this one because I train mostly older clients who do tend to lack some mobility throughout the body, and most of them do struggle with the squat. So they tend to be missing or they lose the ability and mobility to get low enough in a squat. So this is usually a problem I need to tackle before getting into more advanced lower body movements. In my own personal experience though, this is something I also had to work on to actually achieve. So when I first started out, started working out, which wasn't that long ago because I still remember those times, around nine years ago, my squat was nowhere near what it looks like now. I was breaking parallel most of the time though, at least I think I was, but I was one of those people when I first started, I wasn't going low enough at all. I would squat to just about parallel, but I couldn't go any deeper than that, even with no weight. Even just a bodyweight squat, I couldn't get lower than parallel. I had to teach my body how to do it because I lost the ability over the years. But I think my form still looked better than most people because I did have a bit of prior experience with squatting before since I did play sports. 
Uh, some of the practice involved there in basketball was getting into a low position. Not exactly an ass-to-grass squat, but I still had to be strong in a slightly squatted position to be ready defensively. More so for baseball, actually, because when you're fielding a ground ball, and I played shortstop most of my career, I remember hating those winter practices in a gym where we'd get into a low squat position so that you could have your glove on the ground. It's like the ready stance when you're playing defense in baseball. So I had a bit of practice with the squat position. We even did those wall sit exercises, which probably also helped a little bit. So if you're someone who's like me before and you currently get to parallel but want to get deeper, and trust me, this is an issue that you'll want to fix because if you're only going to parallel with your squat and you're doing these loaded, like with a barbell squat with whatever weight is heavy for you, eventually you will get to a point where you're increasing load, so the weight on the bar is going up. But the thing is, if the weight on the bar is going up and you don't have the necessary depth or you're getting to just parallel, you'll notice that when the weight gets heavier, you may start to decrease that range of motion that you have in your squat because you're trying to get that weight back up. Some kind of sacrifice is likely going to happen. So in order to increase the weight on your lifts, you'll notice that you're not even getting to parallel anymore. You're actually stopping a bit higher than you'd want to. This is why owning a full range of motion on the squat, which is also going to look different for everyone, that's why it becomes important because you don't want to sacrifice that full depth in order to lift heavier weights. I've seen this over and over with people at the gym, especially the younger people. I can kind of tell just from what their warm-up squats look like with just the bar. You can kind of tell if someone has that full range of motion in their squat. And as they add weight to the bar, their squat range of motion shortens a bit, and it's just not a good look. So if you're someone who currently squats to around parallel or maybe a bit lower, I think one exercise that could help you would be pause squats. You can do them with or without weight. You're going to have to lighten the weight with these because you're getting rid of that bounce at the bottom of the squat. So you're getting rid of that momentum at the bottom, which makes the squat a little bit more difficult. This will help increase your squat depth because you're pausing at the bottom of the movement. Basically, you're letting your weight or your weight plus whatever you have on the bar, you're using that weight to help lower you into a deeper squat so your hips and ankles are getting a good stretch at the bottom, which could help relax those muscles. Doing pause squats over time helped increase my squat depth a little bit over a few months of doing them pretty consistently. Now, when you're squatting, if you notice a lack of depth, a quick tip that could help. At first, you might need to elevate your heels while squatting because of the limited range of motion and mobility that your ankles have, which is a common limiting factor when it comes to getting lower or deeper in the squat. Ankles are a main issue or problem when it comes to getting lower in the squat. So that's why mobility drills that help increase your ankle flexibility and mobility are actually key to improving your squat depth. Of course, improved mobility throughout the body is important. In the lower body and in the lats also, that could be another factor that you might need to correct or fix. Hips are a common area problem also. So when you've tackled those ankle or hip mobility issues, which is something I think you should always be working on, another exercise that can actually be pretty great is the pistol squat. At first, you will have to do this assisted, so holding onto a bar or something, 
the TRX equipment could be great here if you have access to that, especially if you notice your mobility is lacking from one side to another. This will help correct that. A pistol squat are those single legged squats and they're pretty difficult to do even with just your body weight. That'll be a struggle for more than 90% of the population, even for me. Even though my squat looks pretty good, I still struggle with a proper pistol squat. So this is an area I need to focus on, so I'm sure you probably have to as well. But yeah, this is actually a great exercise to work on a single leg at a time because, let's face it, we're not all perfectly symmetrical in terms of mobility with both sides of the body. So similar to how dumbbells can be so effective versus the barbell because the arms are moving independently when you're doing presses, this works the same way. Focusing on a single leg at one time will show you certain weaknesses you may have. Like personally, I noticed that my left leg is a little bit weaker or lacking more mobility than my right side doing this movement. So working on the pistol squat will translate to a better looking barbell squat also. Squat University actually has a post about this on their Instagram. So it's um, how to increase your squat depth. So I'll put it in the show notes. It's from a few weeks ago. I remember it. I'll put it in the show notes because he's always a great resource. I'm even reading both of his books right now. But anyways, he mentions holding on to something and sitting in that deep squat position, slowly moving side to side. And in that post, he mentions this exercise, which helps mobilize the ankle a bit, along with stretching out the calf muscle, which should also contribute to a bit more range of motion there. He also mentions one of his favorite warm-up techniques. Of course, warming up properly is also important. He mentions holding one of those bumper plates, but I mean, it could be any weight, those plates or whatever. You're in the deep squat position, holding the weight a bit out in front of you while using your elbows on your knees to drive your knees over your toes. Same concept there, but it's a bit more of a progression. It's a little bit harder. So after you've done the whole holding on to something while doing this stretch, so you're holding the weight in front of you, getting that calf stretch side to side, then even doing some pulses at the bottom range of motion, that should also help. So check out that post. If you want to improve your squat and the depth, then you got to constantly practice it. Work on it in your spare time. When you're at home doing nothing, just get into a squat and play around with that movement. This is something I've started doing since the start of the pandemic because I was just super bored without the gym. A few times a day, I'll just pop down into a squat, sometimes assisted, sometimes not. And that helps my body remember that movement and exercise. Just practice squatting more and you'll get better at the movement. It's really that simple. Whatever your starting point is, just sit in as deep of a squat as you can, and over time you should notice progress. Record yourself if you think nothing is happening. If you're looking back or reflecting on your progress month by month, I guarantee you'll see a difference. Question 2. Increasing grip strength for deadlifts. This is another area that I struggle in, so this is a battle for me with this one, and it's been a struggle for the past few years. I've been fighting with this one because it really impacts my deadlift right now. The first tip I'll give you, static holds work tremendously. So with a heavy weight, you can do this. So when I'm working on the traps, like shrugs, I'll be holding a pretty heavy weight in my hands with no straps. That helps. 
And even rack pulls could be beneficials too, because you should be able to lift more with that exercise than your deadlift. So you're holding the weight at the top of the rep and just holding it there. Pause for a second, hold that weight there to build up that grip strength. Another exercise that's not as intense, but you can also do dead hangs. That's basically just where you're hanging and holding yourself up from a pull-up bar or whatever bar. That being said, even pull-ups can help too when it comes to improving your hand and grip strength. Honorary mention to those fat grips, which, I mean, that can help here, even though I still think they look stupid, but applied in this way, they could be beneficial actually. So just like I talked about with squat depth, what'll help more there is squatting more, practicing the movement. Same concept here. Deadlifting more is also good to increase your tolerance, so use your own grip for at least a few difficult sets. Don't just start using the straps when it gets remotely heavy. Basically, stop using straps in general. That's going to be great to increase your grip strength. Just keep them in your bag for now, because if grip strength is an issue, then you need to use your hands more. That means on rows or lat pulldowns, you're using your hands. If you get used to using straps all the time, those muscles involved in having a strong grip, they're not being worked. You're not strengthening the muscles. There's, I mean, there's so many small muscles in your fingers and your forearms that you may be neglecting because you started using straps so many years ago. And that's why your grip has started to lag behind. So with any of the exercises you choose to do, effective ones for training your grip could be barbell rows, Developing your whole arm helps with grip strength, so perform those movements with your hands and you'll build up that grip strength over time. Farmer's walks, uh, that could help here also. I've talked about these before. They're mainly a core exercise, but you're walking with a lot of weight, so that's a good way to build up grip strength, again, if you don't use straps. This also means movements like walking lunges and Bulgarian split squats where you're holding dumbbells in your hands for an extended period of time, like up to a minute or possibly more depending on the reps you do. Minor exercises that could also help are forearm exercises, so wrist curls or those grip strengthening handle things, those could help strengthen your grip also. Less common movements but still an effective one would be a bottoms up kettlebell press. So this works on the stabilization of your wrist and forearm, so this should also translate to increased grip strength. And another one is the plate pinch, which is also a pretty effective one. This is one I had to specifically use for my right hand years ago. I almost forgot to mention this. I should really start to do them more again, uh, because I fractured my thumb on my right hand years ago. My grip strength really suffered from that, but those plate pinches were super important to increasing my grip strength over time. Definitely regained strength and mobility in my thumb as well as my overall grip. Of course, if your grip is lacking or it's a problem area, then you'll have to work on it more than other people. Some people can easily deadlift with a double overhand grip and pull more than four plates, but most people aren't like that. I know I'm not... Anything over three plates is a struggle, so this is something that I'm constantly working on. I haven't used straps for years, and I've noticed increases in this aspect for sure. And that concludes episode 95 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. 
Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.